0: Hi, everyone. Just a quick message before we start today's episode. The generosity of our members and friends is life-changing for young investigators, lung patients, and patient families. Donations made to the ATS will help to support our mission to fund emerging investigators and in cutting-edge research, sustain education and public health initiatives, and reduce health disparities to advance worldwide respiratory health. If you would like to make a contribution to the ATS to help support our mission, please visit thoracic.org go slash donate. That's thoracic.org slash go slash donate. This podcast is brought to you by the American Thoracic Society. We help the world breathe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Out of the Blue podcast. My name is John Fleetham and I'm Professor of Medicine at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada. Today I'm joined by Lisa Nemes, uh, who's one of the authors of a paper entitled Antigen-Specific T-Cell Activation Distinguishes Between Recent and Remote Tuberculosis Infection, which was recently published in the Blue Journal. We're also joined by uh, Dr. Patricio Escalante, who wrote the editorial related to this paper. Uh, Dr. Nevis is an associate professor of medicine at the South African TB vaccine uh, initiative in Cape Town. And Dr. Escalante is an associate professor of medicine at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. Now, before we discuss the paper, I'd like to start with several general questions about latent TB. Uh, Patricio, how common is latent TB infection? What are the risks of developing active TB if you have latent TB?
1: Yeah, thank you, John. I appreciate the invitation, and I also appreciate the, the opportunity to discuss with Elisa her important study findings. Latent TB infection as the way the way we we diagnosed is very common in the world. It's estimated about a quarter of uh, mankind is being infected with tuberculosis, and so probably mostly in latent TB form. In the US, just to give an, uh, an example, there's about estimated 14 million people being diagnosed to have, or potentially be diagnosed to have latent TV infection. And among the risk factors to have uh, latent TV infections include being exposed to TB, coming from areas in the world where TB is endemic, but also being exposed to patients with TB, which can happen in healthcare workers. And, uh, and amongst people who have more risk to, to, to uh, progress to active TB include patients with HIV infection, especially with immunosuppression. There's a number of different medications now that can depress the immune system that can also increase the chance to progress to active TB. But also in the U.S., important uh, groups like uh, homeless, homeless, incarcerated people, patients with uncontrolled diabetes. In other part of the world, malnutrition, uh, pneumoconiosis and others can be associated with active TB. So um, it is estimated that once a patient is infected, uh, there's about five to ten percent chances that the patient will develop active TB in the future, especially in the first two years, um, and that's uh, probably the focus of this uh, study, uh, which is, is one of the highest risk of uh,
0: latent infection. And what are the limitations of tuberculin skin testing and the IGRA test in diagnosing latent tuberculosis?
1: Yeah, they, uh, they're mainly uh, the tuberculosis test and IR tests have been uh, uh, utilized for diagnosis of latent TB infection, along with clinical assessment and radiological assessments. But these tests, we know they have limitations. Among those, is uh, number one, they cannot distinguish between someone who has active uh, tuberculosis with latent TB infection. Um, they also uh, uh, cannot distinguish someone who's being exposed and has a latent TB infection at risk to progress from someone who may have been uh, uh, already exposed uh, for perhaps for a long time and has a well-contained latent infection with very low likelihood to progress to active TB or even potentially clear. There's some uh, study that suggests that there's clearance of TB uh, uh, over time. That is uh, not completely known what period of time in someone who's immunocompetent would uh, potentially uh, clear that, but this test has this limitation. They cannot distinguish reactivity from prior TB exposure and infection to someone who had more active TB. And that's part of the field where uh, we were really interested in the studies from uh, Dr. Nemes and her team, because it really focused on that particular question about how we distinguish people who are more risk for loss, low risk for having this uh, diagnosis of latent TB infection. So Elisa, what were the objectives
0: of your study?
2: So first of all, thank you so much for uh, inviting me to participate to this podcast. Um, So the broad objective of this study was to define a blood-based biomarker to stratify different stages of tuberculosis infection and infer risk of disease. And more specifically, we tested whether levels of uh, MTB specific T cell activation were elevated in high risk, uh, recently infected individuals, and those who are progressing to active disease compared to individuals who with remote infection who are at low risk uh, of disease progression.
0: Okay, can you describe this biomarker? And, and is it cheap and easy to measure?
2: Sure, this biomarker is based on two different parameters that are measured by the same assay. First, we detect a T-cell response, which is specific for MTB antigens uh, EZ6 and CFP10, which are the same antigens used in the IGRA. And just like IGRA, this response is considered indicative of an effector or a memory immune response to MTB, uh, which is suggestive of ongoing infection or past exposure. The second parameter is the level of activation of these MTB-specific T cells, which may reflect in vivo antigen exposure and allows further stratification of different stages along the TB spectrum. The assay requires simulation of immune cells followed by intracellular staining and four to five parameter flow cytometry. And the biomarker itself is calculated as a difference in the medium fluorescence intensity of the activation marker HLA-DR, uh, when it's expressed on interferon gamma ntnf positive um, mycobacterium tuberculosis-specific T cells compared to the total T cells. The stimulation step is similar to the IGRA and the readout could be done on a very simple flow like those used for CD4 count all around the world. And unfortunately, I cannot put a price tag yet, uh, but we are actively looking into ways to further simplify the assay, which should also result in a lower cost as well. My co-author, in particular, Monia Mosvazvi, is leading this effort and is already shown in a previous publication that this biomarker can be measured in whole blood rather than purified cells that we use in this paper. And is exploring new ways to use capillary blood uh, novel and cheap um, robust reagents, and an automated analysis pipeline to make these assays user-friendly f- as possible. Unfortunately, we're still not at the point of care, mostly because of the simulation requirements uh, to conduct this assay.
0: Okay. What was your patient population and, and, uh, and your methodology?
2: Uh, we studied different groups of healthy uh, South African adolescents and a group of adults with active TB disease, um, included as a positive control. These adolescents were all selected from a large longitudinal cohort uh, based on their serial quantifier results, and that's the IGRA test we used uh, to define as a biomarker of infection in this study. Um, and also based on whether they developed uh, active TB disease during the follow-up or not. Uh, Each group included about 25 participants, and we did two main comparisons. Uh, First, we compared the performance of the biomarker in distinguishing individuals with recent quantiferon conversion from a negative to a positive test within six months. Uh, We compared them to those with persistent quantiferon positive test results for over a year. So this will be suggestive of remote infection or remote exposure. All these participants remained healthy during the two-year follow-up, but epidemiologically, as Patricia was mentioning, recent uh, infection, which is inferred in this case from recent quantiferon conversion, has been associated with high risk of progression. We also compared the biomarker performance in distinguishing healthy individuals who eventually progressed to microbiologically confirmed TB disease during the follow-up of the study with those who were infected, uh, but remained healthy. On the recent remote quantiferon converters, the biomarker was measured on crowd-preserved peripheral blood mononuclear cells, which were simulated with z 6 p 10 and analyzed with a simple five-color flow cytometry panel, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, the analysis on the progressors and non-progressors were, was more complex because the experiments were primarily conducted to measure single-cell gene expression. But CD3 and hla expression were measured by flow cytometry, while interferon gamma and TNF expression uh, was measured by RNA sequencing. Regardless of this, both methodologies allowed the measurement of MTB-specific T cell activation. And my colleagues have now reproduced the results in progressors and non-progressors using mass cytometry as well.
0: So well, Thank you. And most importantly, what were the primary findings of your study?
2: So overall, we present um, novel evidence that MTB-specific T cells from healthy individuals who recently acquired MTB infection and individuals progressing to active disease are highly activated. But the MTB specific T cells from those with remote infection and non-progressors are not highly activated. More specifically, The frequencies of MTB-specific T-cells could distinguish between quantiferon negative and quantiferon positive individuals with an area under the curve of 94%, suggesting that this flow cytometry-based assay could provide similar information as we have uh, with quantiferon. But in addition to that and unlikely quantifron, the biomarker could further distinguish individuals with recent or remote quantifron conversion with an error under the curve of 91%. And it could also distinguish progressors from non-progressors with an error under the curve of 75%. We confirmed once again the excellent performance of This biomarker based on MTB specific T cell activation in distinguishing healthy quantity from positive individuals, from those with active TB disease with an area under the curve of 99%, while there was no difference between recent converters and active TB disease. So overall, uh, this HLADR-based biomarker uh, could identify individuals with recent quantiferum conversion and those with disease progression, which would allow a targeted provision of preventative treatment to those who are at high risk of tuberculosis. And so we think that these resu- results warrant further validation studies in various settings and various populations at, at risk for TB.
0: Patricia, you, you did the editorial on this on this study. What are the strengths, what are the limitations and, and what's the potential significance of these findings?
1: Yeah, we, we felt that uh, the study was uh, uh, well-designed uh, despite the fact it was retrospective but include uh, a, a testing cohort and, and training cohort and a validation cohort, which is, uh, gives uh, definitely the validity that needed. Um, the, the study uh, was uh, also innovating because it really utilised, uh, optimised uh, immune profiling techniques that has shown promise to, the, to, to differentiate between the remote uh, TB infection and more recent TB infection based on the quantiferon assessment on these prospective cohort studies. So you can have the opportunity to uh, have a, a, a testing a new method that can also differentiate uh, in NCPN TB uh, from these more uh, remote low risk uh, TB infections based on the quantiferon assessments. Um, the uh, limitation study uh, includes uh, some bias uh, about associated selecting these participants uh, based on the samples availability from these prospective cohort. And the test evaluation was not quite independent from the study cohort since it was part of the same large, large uh, cohort, but they were independent uh, subsets. The uh, test, testing methods uh, were not the same in the, uh, in the testing cohort from the validation cohort, uh, and, and that, therefore, it, it precludes the determination of diagnostic pressures for these new flow cytometry assay. Uh, and on the second evaluation cohort, they used uh, uh, single-cell uh, uh, um, uh, RNA sequence to go backtrack and try to identify this uh, flow uh, cytometric biomarker. This study also did not include HIV infected individuals or uh, patients with uh, also subjects with immune suppression. So, for uh, um, that is important, especially we're talking about immune uh, T cell based study. And, um, and but uh, similar flow cytometric immune profiling has been tried and can differentiate latent infection from active infection with very high accuracy. So uh, hopefully this uh, new biomarker by being similar to other ones that have been published could also have that capability. And, uh, and lastly, uh, these um, new uh, biomarker has not been validated in, in large group of TV uh, unexposed individuals. And, and there's in many parts of the world uh, that, uh, that uh, this can happen and can have positive agra testing We know it can have false positive agra testing also uh, in, in healthcare workers for instance, in the US, where it's a low transmission area. And we don't know whether or not these uh, markets have some false positivity, and therefore determining the specificity of this test is very important. So, overall, uh, I think the study was very significant. It really, uh, uh, this work contributes towards improving TB diagnostic by validating uh, uh, anti specific immune profiling methods that uh, significantly can uh, raise the predictive value of the available testing. So, really, to infer risk and to potentially differentiate low risk latent late infection with Zipin or active TB. Uh, this uh, uh, novel approach, uh, along with appropriate clinical evaluations, uh, could fully optimize uh, really prevention prevention strategy, which is highly needed because there's so many uh, patients who have latent infection, but we really need to narrow down to these five, ten percent who actually will develop activity in the future. and these tests will help to resist stratify better. Uh, our uh, preventive strategies to really uh, um, uh, nail down to the, to the patients or try to serve the patients in the highest need and um, but uh, again full evaluation is needed in different uh, patients populations different areas in the world uh, where these markers can potentially be behave differently so we'll need to have much more work but this is really a step, a step forward in the right direction so lisa
0: um have there been um studies of other biomarkers to help differentiate between recent and remote TB infection?
2: So there have been several biomarkers that um, have been reported to distinguish only uh, MTB or so-called latent infection from TB disease. And in particular, MTB-specific T cell activation is one of the more more robust in the field, in my opinion. Uh, Whole blood gene expression signatures, including those developed by our group, show promise to identify progressors from non-progressors. But on the other hand, there have been very, very few studies trying to define biomarkers of recent infection, probably because it's very difficult to identify these individuals, and large longitudinal studies are required. The most compelling data that show potential for clinical translation was published by Halliday and colleagues, who showed that the proportions of MTB-specific T cells that express TNF, but not interferon gamma and IL-2, and which had an effector phenotype, were different in recent compared to remotely infected individuals. We did test this biomarker in our cohort uh, and found no differences, but the flow cytometry panel we used was not exactly the same as the one used by Alliday and colleagues.
0: And what's the characteristics of this specific biomarker that appear to make it a good predictor of active disease?
2: So, our finding builds on various independent studies that have already shown that MTB specific T cell activation is very robust in distinguishing between asymptomatic infection and TB disease, and this including extrapulmonary TB, monitor treatment response and uh, correlates with disease severity, even in people living with HIV. Uh, So this was known. Um, Here we showed that the same biomarker can also distinguish healthy individuals at risk of progression to disease. Uh, Me being an immunologist, uh, the plausible underlying explanation could be that the peripheral blood T cell activation is driven by in vivo exposure to MTB antigens, and that these levels peak during the primary infection uh, likely drop in most people with remote infection, probably due to the containment of bacterial replication. However, in people who progress towards active tuberculosis, in vivo MTB antigen exposure is likely High even before the onset of clinical symptoms. So, we know it's impossible to demonstrate this hypothesis directly in humans, but this could be tested in animal models to provide more biological plausibility uh, to interpret the test results with more confidence. If this is true, also re- our results also suggest that remote infection with low risk of progression is associated with low and stable levels of MTB-specific T-cell activation, which would be consistent with control or even perhaps clearance of MTB infection, as suggested by Marcel Berg, John Emery, and their colleagues.
0: And what are the next steps necessary to validate this biomarker to predict disease progression?
2: So, ideally, a large prospective study, including both uh, IGRA negative and IGRA positive participants with TB disease as an endpoint, is required. The probability of recent infection or reinfection could be increased by focusing on close contacts of TB patients. We're currently enrolling a pediatric cohort under five years of age of household TB contacts where we are performing the whole blood version of this assay on all participants at various longitudinal time points, including treatment response for those we find to have TB disease. So, in this study, which is led by Mark Catherine, we will be able to prospectively validate the performance of the MTB-specific T-cell activation biomarker along the entire spectrum of TB in children and compare it head-to-head to standard diagnostic tests, such as Quantifron and GeneXpert, as well as uh, perform a head-to-head comparison with um, gene expression signatures um, that were developed in our group. And uh, ultimately, I hope that more investigators who may have stored samples from other cohorts who are planning similar studies in other settings with uh, different burden of TB, different age groups, comorbidities, will be inspired to measure this biomarker after reading the paper. And we're always clean to share protocols and collaborate if needed.
0: That's great. Okay. Now, Patricia, do, do you think these TB biomarkers may have a role in assessing response to TB treatment?
1: Yeah, I think potentially they can. Um, there's some, there has been already some data outside this study that suggests that some of these immune profiling techniques can can correlate very well with treatment response for active tuberculosis, uh, and, and with similar uh, uh, methods that the study that Dr. Nemes published. However, um, the data for the treatment response for preventive therapy for latent infection is, is lacking at the prospective data. We, we did have some uh, evaluation of some of these immune uh, profiling uh, subsets uh, in, in a cross-sectional way here at Mayo, about five years ago. And we showed that uh, patients with uh, treated latent infection had a different profile after this uh, specific intervention. So it's possible that we could have a biomarker that can have the the, the uh, dynamics to be able to change after treatment. And that would be really key, especially in areas in the world where TB is endemic and multiple infections can occur over time. So it would be important to know whether or not these uh, patients have been treated effectively for letting TB infection at risk and potentially monitor the response over time or raise exposure over time.
0: Patricia, um, as you know, there's another paper in the Blue Journal, but there's been a a lot of discussion recently about the utility of the term latent TB. Um, Is this still the best term to use to describe patients with a reactive IGRA?
1: You know, with our current tools, the IGRA test, TST, X-rays, clinical assessment, that term, it it helps us being very well uh, uh, serving our, our clinical assessments in the last, you know, decades. However, with these new uh, diagnostics and biomarkers, in which it can infer the risk, can have the the diagnosis of uh, asymptomatic TB, in an incipient form, almost on the on the way to the develop active TB, then the term latent infections infection is really hard to uh, to apply to this test. And 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 now this study uh, that we're discussing with, with uh, Dr. Nemes uh, really put a, a example that uh, now the term can be challenging to continue by unless we, uh, we, we change uh, the way we diagnosed uh, or we call these patients with positive IVAT test And uh, there's other uh, assays that are also in development for RNA uh, uh, signatures that will be also need to have uh, new terms, especially for this incipient TV concept which is not longer latent infection. It would be more like a pre-active TB or high-risk uh, uh, latent infection, as you will. So I think we need to have more discussions about how to change the term because uh, they will, will have to adapt to a new uh, knowledge that's created by, by these uh, new studies and new biomarkers.
0: Well, thank you both for this very interesting discussion. And before we finish, uh, Do you have any final comments uh, about this study, Uh, Elisa? Let's um, start with you.
2: Thank you. Um, I really hope that others uh, will join our efforts to further validate these findings, uh, which is really critical, and, and to translate this biomarker into a useful test for the clinic. Ultimately, our hope is that this biomarker could be used as a screening test. Uh, to identify individuals who would warrant further clinical investigation and microbiological tests, which could guide the administration of either tuberculosis preventive therapy or a full course of tuberculosis treatment. And most of all, uh, spare from treatment those who may not benefit from it. And this is particularly important in high burden settings such as South Africa, where most of the adult population shows sensitization to MTB, In other words, a positive IGRA test or a TST. But um, unlikely low burden settings, uh, universal preventive treatment is just not implemented for um, various reasons. So if we could choose or more rationally select the people who really benefit from it, there will be a case to really expand provision of preventive treatment, even in very high burden settings.
1: Patricia? Yeah, uh, this is an important study, really contribute to the field to try to uh, improve our diagnostic testing to infer risk. And, and, and one of the things that we did comment in our editorial is maybe at, in this uh, transition time with facing these new technologies and markers, uh, we could potentially consider changing the latent TV infection turn to TB infection reactivity. And in, in that way, with the added risk, low risk, high risk, terminal risk, we could potentially uh, determine or at least define better how these patients and what groups they would be in terms of for clinical and research purposes, and also to uh, try to identify uh, this n- uh, new concept that TB oftentimes present in a subclinical form. And uh, these markers, uh, and the, the recent study from uh, Dr. Nemes' uh, group, the uh, CORDIS study that was also discussed in recent ATS. Uh, suggest that when you apply these markers in a prospective way, most of the patients who have these uh, positive markers and they utilize RNA signatures uh, were uh, subclinical. And then when they were fully studied, they actually had active TB, but they were subclinical. So uh, having the TB infection reactivity and added that to the clinical assessment, either highly risk, low risk, subclinical TB or active TB, I think in my view, uh, is uh, something to consider as a way to move forward for a terminology in the future.
0: Well, I'd like to thank Dr. Nemes and Escalante for this discussion. To the listener, to read the articles discussed in this podcast, please visit the podcast homepage at www.atsjournals.org. To listen to more episodes of Out of the Blue, visit our page on iTunes or Google Play. You can also subscribe to stay updated whenever new episodes are available. Thank you for listening and have a great day.